again, that's the face of the organization. That's why I said, if you don't hold your leadership or your leaders accountable, they still are representing your organization. Just like I talked about with Amazon. If there's breakdowns within your leadership, but you don't address it, that is still going to affect how people look at your organization. I have talked to people who, instead of saying, oh, I quit that job because of Mr. So-and-so, I've heard them say the name of the organization. Oh, don't work for this company because this when that is not necessarily the pulse of the entire organization. I'm so excited to announce that I will be starting a new YouTube series called Why You Need Leadership Development. I need you guys to go check that out. And you might be like, ah, that doesn't apply to me. But it does because I believe leadership is inevitable. Maybe you're trying to move up in your company. Maybe you're in a leadership role now. Maybe you lead in the household. Yes, this even applies to you. Maybe you're a solopreneur and you don't have a team yet. But as you expand, you might soon need one. If you fit any of those categories, make sure you go check it out. So go to the show notes, click on the link, subscribe, set your alarm, and I will see you on Mondays at 6 a.m. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. I hope you guys have gotten caught up on this series. If you have not, go check out the other episodes. And today we're going to wrap it up before we start Bring in on some guests so we can hear some real life perspectives on these topics. But today we're going to talk about why your diversity and inclusion, how that process that you're doing right now in your company, your organization, in your business is not working. Our goal is to make sure that these programs, these initiatives that you are building and creating will work and you have to identify why it's not working. So we're going to talk about that things you need to pay attention to, things you need to do so you can ensure that if your organization, your company is really trying to be diverse and really trying to be innovative, that you're doing it effectively. So get your notepads and let's get into this message. I think a lot of companies um, overcommit to training and doing some like isolated event. Like let's let's bring somebody in, let's like do this training around diversity and inclusion. Um, but don't actually integrate it. Don't actually do any meaningful work past that to follow through and actually make changes and, and look at systems and processes and procedures and, and make actual like real tactical changes inside the organization to like promote this work and value it. So it's um, you know becomes something that we again do to check the box, but without it being a sort of like we actually prioritize this. This is one of our values around like seeking more inclusivity, more diversity, um, and like doing that in a like more integrated way. So what now? You've been getting all this information, these tools, but the question is, are you going to apply it? And as we wrap up this series and really, again, start talking to some folks and getting their perspectives on it, what are you going to do? Because people are watching. Um, the fascinating thing, you know, I just completed my um, degree program and I'm like done with school. And I had did a 15 page paper and the paper focused on the racial disparities within criminal justice and just learning about a lot of the issues. You start to identify the, the literal systematic gaps. That is the reason why things aren't happening or people are saying, oh, certain people aren't being held accountable. And I made a post that, you know, if you don't even hold your leadership or people accountable, those are still the people that are going to be representing your organization, your companies. And that's going to be the reputation that you might hold that, hey, people aren't held accountable here. So it's really important to make sure that what you say you're going to do, you actually follow through with it. 
And going through and doing that paper, I just learned so many systematic issues. And there might be some things that just need to be broken down and rebuild, rebuilt because of the fact that there are so many breakdowns systematically from your hiring practices to what happens in regards to retaining individuals to how your ERG, your employee resource groups are managed and who's overseeing it and all those different things. There's so many layers that need to be deep. I mean, just gutted out maybe and just redone. And this was what this paper really was an eye opener to me when I did it. So that's why I really want to highlight the importance of the do's and don'ts. Because again, we have individuals who will, they will leave your organization. They will leave your companies. They will go to a lower paying job because of the lack of work-life balance, because of the lack of healthy culture and climate, because the lack of diversity. There are people who will stay in an organization that is paying them lower than go elsewhere because they know that this organization has been so great to them. I've heard those stories plenty of times. Like the organization I'm at, my military organization is great, but I've been in organizations that it was a bit rough. And I remember being in a situation where I was literally looking to take a job anywhere just so I can leave. Because of course, I knew I had to pay the bills. I had to take care of my family. So I was literally willing to go anywhere that would take me. And the last job that I was interested in was very unique. I thought it was a great job. And when I mean unique, like it was unique, like, oh, this sounds perfect. I would end up working at a college, um, doing something in regards to career management, similar to what I do now. Um, And it was just, it sounded like a really great job to get into. The only thing, it was a lower paying job. And I remember being at that place and I'm just like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to take a lower paying job, but I was this close of just taking all that opportunity. But thank God, you know, God pivoted me and I ended up, you know, going into another location where, you know, I was good. Pay stayed the same. I didn't have to worry about anything in regards to expenses, but I was willing to do that at one time. I was willing to go into a role, into a position that was lower paying because I wasn't happy. And that is what people are willing to do. So I really want to highlight those do's and don'ts. And the first one I want to talk about is don't solve the problem for recognition only. Solve it so because you truly want to make change and because of respect. You have some people out there that people are saying, you know, of course, they have to see the that this is going to be long term. But there are a lot of places that are doing this just for show because they know it's it's something that a lot of people are paying attention to. Like I mentioned before, that as you're looking into the generational differences and who's going to soon be the core of the workforce, millennials, Gen Z, diversity is something that they're looking for. They're trying to look at the culture prior to them going there. A lot of, of these new generations are looking for, even in commercials and branding and marketing, they're looking for diversity. So there are some places that are you know, just checking a the box. They know by putting that messaging out there that great, they're going to get more attention. Like they're going to be look more attractive. They're going to be maybe the top 100 diversity management list. They're going to get these accolades. However, it's not effective. And it made me think about the story of Salesforce. And when Mark Benioff, his, his executive leaders came to him and told him about this pay gap with women, as I shared before, and he was like, listen, we were already on the top. You know, we were like the best places to work. We were on all these award listing as like, yeah, this is the place you want to work. But there was still a major pay gap 
within, you know, the, the women that worked within his organization that he still had the remedy. So he was like, man, I was a little bothered, but he still went ahead and addressed it. And you've seen over time that it's been effective and it's been ongoing instead of a one-stop shop. So the question is, what is the reasoning you're doing it? And it's solely for recognition, then Again, the people that are working for that organization, it will crumble. They will notice. They're, they're, they will talk about it. Social media has given a voice to many individuals. For example, I don't know if anybody's following what's happening with Ellen, but everybody knows Ellen. That's like the, I mean, you just think about her walking out, dancing, having a good time. So to hear that there are some diversity issues, it wasn't as happy as people say it is, it's kind of shocking. And of course, Ellen might only be the higher talent within that, you know, that whole production. I mean, of course, you have executives, you have people that built this and invest money. Hey, we're going to bring you onto the show. But unfortunately, because her face is tied to her show, I mean, it's called Ellen, it is her show, then she's the person that people look at. And it is true that a lot of CEOs are, they might be disconnected. They might not know because a lot of the complaints, and it was multiple complaints. I mean, it's pretty, pretty much a lot of people saying that, you know, it, it, it seems factual. But the thing is with that is, again, that's the face of the organization. That's why I said, if you don't hold your leadership or your leaders accountable, they still are representing your organization. Just like I talked about with Amazon. If there's breakdowns within your leadership, but you don't address it, that is still going to affect how people look at your organization. I have talked to people who, instead of saying, oh, I quit that job because of Mr. So-and-so, I've heard them say the name of the organization. Oh, don't work for this company because this. When that is not necessarily the pulse of the entire organization. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen places that have been discriminatory or maybe an employee within that franchise or a manager within that franchise did some ineffective things and it was discriminatory or it was wrong. And now all of a sudden people are like, oh, I'm never going to eat or shop at this place ever again. I'm never going to go to Starbucks because of how they handle it. But it was one store. And that's why you have to hold every person responsible so it's so important that if you are moving into the space where you're addressing this issue, that it's not just for show. It is not just so you can get an award, an accolade, because the people within it have the power to now go on social media, make a post, talk about all the inequalities that were happening. Maybe they finally have the voice to open up about it. And now it's like, whoa, when did this happen? And then also CEOs, making sure that you all, if you're a CEO, maybe if you're just starting a business and you're considering, you know, expanding later on, make sure you stay in tune and know what's going on because it's true. A lot of CEOs might not be aware of all the inner workings and things that are broken down within this warehouse or in this section of your business that might be housed elsewhere. You might not know everything and that's why you hire people to manage. But sometimes things don't get all the way to the top because management below and so on they cover it up or people aren't held accountable so it's finding out and making sure if you are a CEO if you're an executive if you are taking on the lead to make sure that these new initiatives are effective make sure I repeat make sure that you are doing the necessary actions to make sure that it is long term because even with Mark Benioff it started off with okay let's do an audit and then let's sit down and create a team and then he had to fix the pay gap, which took years to do. And then after he fixed the pay gap, you know, there were still some additional things he noticed and identified over time that he had to address. So it has been ongoing change, which, is, which might happen. You might have to say, I'm going to focus on the racial aspect now 
and it's going to be solely for the retention aspect. Okay, and getting people um, in the executive team that are more diverse. Okay, now we're going to transition and focus on recruitment. Now let's focus on recruiting, making sure that the jobs are aren't um, they don't have verbiage within the job as that you know might seem like it's one sided. Let's really gut it out and make sure that we have a diverse pool of people that are applying. Let's consider where we're getting referrals from. All those different things. So it might have to be in phases. But are you ensuring that it's happening? Is there someone within your organization that is letting that leader know that person that is a policymaker, a decision maker, and it's not stopping somewhere where they're not necessarily pushing for change? So I mean, it's. So so much information out there that says, hey, in the top executive ranks, 85% of positions are held by people of the white, you know, white, their white population, right? Um, which still demonstrates the promotion gap that minorities face. And women and minorities continue to be under-earned, like they're under-earning than their white male colleagues. And this is according to Economic Policy Institute. And even it says, um, this is a company, a company, a consulting company called Mercer. They did. They had a, a research that was done, and the data showed that 64% of workers in entry-level positions are white. So there are still some like gaps that are still happening, right? And of course, we've identified it before, but now it's time to make sure that things are going into place. So again, although yes, it's great that you're putting that messaging out there. We're going to do something, and we're going to be 100% focused on being more inclusive. Um, really open doors and show more diversity in these executive levels on these boards, you have to make sure that it's going to be something that people are following through. So what is your maintenance process? What are you going to do to make sure it's continued? Because again, in 2020, your team members have the power to make a post at you and have so many more people. They can tag the right people. And now all of a sudden, People are all in your business because it was some breakdowns and some issues and some things that were never managed. So again, make sure that you're not doing it just for recognition, but you're following through and you're making sure that you are taking for sure actions to make sure those D, I, and E initiatives are effective. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. languages do you speak? One, two, four? I know how to teach you how to speak four languages. Now I know you're probably thinking, what languages can she teach me? Maybe English, Spanish. I think Japanese is really cool. Mandarin. But no, these languages that I want to teach you are languages that are going to make you effective in your business and marketing, even in how you lead and support the people that you're around. It'll help you have effective relationships and realize how to really motivate and inspire people and talk to them in a way to get them excited. I want you to schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org. If you're a leader of a team, if you have a team that is having issues with conflict, if you're an individual just trying to take your business to the next level or your relationships to the next level, you need this tool because it's going to be so effective that you're going to see the transformation that happens around you. So schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org or go to AishaThomas.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on that link for individual consultation. And let's get started on transforming your communication, collaboration, and reducing the conflict that you might face.
real consequences. Think about this. When salespeople forget, forget what they're doing and don't come up with their numbers, what do we do? We give them a little time, maybe we give them some training, but then if they don't hit those numbers eventually, we fire them. However, when you start talking about diversity and inclusion, we use terms like accountability. And maybe we scold, and maybe we hold back um, an incentive or two. But you know what the best incentive is? A job. And you know what the best disincentive is? Losing it. So if companies really want accountability, they should assume that that is a given. Consequences are what happen when you don't do what you're accountable for. Now that we have done that rant, okay, because I think, again, I really wanted to highlight the aspect of the CEO, the person that's at the top, being aware because sometimes they aren't aware of the issues and the breakdowns within the organization. So even one of the things that you don't want to do, again, is it's sitting, are these initiatives sitting with the right people? Because yes, you might have it with HR, but a lot of the feedback I've received is that it's not necessarily effective sitting with HR. So is there someone else that could be running these initiatives so you can make sure that the decision makers, the policy makers, the people that can actually move the needle and say, yes, we're going to put budget towards that. Yes, we are going to make this change are aware of what's going on. So people aren't blindsided when they find out later on there's been breakdowns within the organization. And they're like, why hasn't nobody told me? And now I have to find out on the news. Now I have to find out on social media, because again, we are living in an age where It just takes one team member that has not been addressed, that no one has been bringing attention to, not addressing, and now it blows up where it's something that could have been handled internally if the right things were in place. So, of course, make sure you're doing that. But, of course, there's some people think that diversity initiatives and training fails. There's some things out there that employees think that it's not a problem. You know, um, this article says employees often feel they don't need diversity training because they are not racist, sexist, or discriminatory. So, of course, bringing on someone in and making sure you... So, if you have a pool of people saying, hey, I don't see an issue, I'm not a racist, that doesn't mean you don't need to bring that in because ultimately, there's unconscious bias. There are layers to understanding why. And again, it might not necessarily mean that they are practicing discriminatory behavior, or it might be. It might just be bringing someone in that's going to provide training so they're aware. So make sure that you're not getting a pool of people saying, oh, it's not an issue when it might actually be. If you look at the makeup of the organization, maybe they don't know. And yes, maybe it might be one or two people or one department that might be having the issue and now everybody has to go through the training. But it's always beneficial to go through there because if you have a great trainer like myself, shout out to myself. No, I'm joking. (laughs) If you have a great trainer, they might, the people that are within the organization can learn some tactics and things that they can do to support someone that needs their support, or there might be some bystander things they can do. So there's always things that people can learn, regardless if they have been the individuals that have practiced discriminatory behavior. Some people think it's punitive, like, oh man, what do we do? You know, um, some say that diversity training lack, they lack focus objectives. So again, it all depends on who you're bringing in. Um, It can foster a worse attitude toward diversity. They have uh, some studies that say it's counterproductive. So those are things that could be happening within the inner rumblings. So what you don't want to do is bring down training. And then you're like, everybody got to get trained and be here at two o'clock. You want to make sure that you're messaging, even though externally you're like, oh, look at us. We're doing diversity initiatives. Make sure that how you address it with the team members and the people there is effective. So you don't want to just roll it out. Hey, guys, take this. But you want to make sure that everyone really knows that you're passionate about it. 
if there are incidents or if you have guys have identified there's some breakdowns within the organization, tell the people that work there. These are the people that have dedicated their time, their energy to support your mission and vision. So they might feel like, I don't need this, but maybe they don't recognize that there was a department or a section that actually had some issues. And regardless of, yes, they might feel like I still don't need to sit through this training that was one department, but there could be some bystander action, bystander information they need to know. They might even not even recognize that they have unconscious bias. So there's always great information people can learn. So again, just make sure you hire the right person. So this make it into company initiatives. You want to make that a company in- initiative versus something that is just, you know, something you just spring on top of people all of a sudden. And that's why it's so important that you make it part of the, excuse me, and make it a part of the culture. So one of the don'ts is don't make this just a one-time thing. I've seen programs go in and out of organizations and it's like, is it here today, gone tomorrow? Like how serious were you about it? So make sure it's within the culture, the climate. I read, uh, I did a, that paper on the criminal justice, um, the racial inequities, inequities or inequalities that are in the criminal justice system. And there was a um, police area like a, in St. P- Petersburg, Florida. Forgive me, it slips my mind. But in St. Petersburg, Florida, there are departments out there that have embedded diversity inclusion into what they do every year. And it's not even an annual requirement. They take it one time. And they don't have to take it again for another three, four years. But they have decided that we're going to do it every year. So they're going beyond the minimum required amount to make sure that it's within and embedded within the culture. So you need to make it into a company initiative instead of just a one time. Here, you got to do it. Make sure you do that. Make sure you let people know why you're doing it. It says incorporate diversity-based training activities into group meetings. Make diversity prominent into your mission statement and onboarding process. So again, it's in that culture. So these are those cultural things you want to do. So it's a part of, so people know from the beginning, this is what we're about. Implement diverse hiring practices. And we talked about that already. But again, this is just to dig at the fact that this needs to be something within the climate culture, within your strategies and plans versus a one-time thing that you're doing. So those are some things you want to pay attention to in regards to ensuring the that you don't make it into a one-time thing so people don't think that, man, this is a, this is a punishment. This is just, I don't see why we're doing it. Embedded in the culture. So as you're getting new talent in, you're bringing new people in, this is a part of the culture. This is the norm for them. And again, there are so many things that people can learn by going through these training. Also, just making sure that you identify what problems you're trying to solve. There's some people who go into this and say, we're going to do a mass training. We're going to bring someone in, do a training, but you haven't really identified what solution you're trying to make because there are a lot of programs out there that it's a one size fits all, but it hasn't addressed the specific issue. For example, you might have identified if you did an audit, if you really got the feedback that you should have that there are actually leaders in your organization that are practicing and they're they're being discriminatory. So the problem there, there is there, then maybe there's a lack of accountability. Maybe there hasn't been information flow that's been going up to the top tier executives and C-suite leaders. Maybe there's a lack of information flow. And then maybe there's a level of reprimand and also some level of, hey, you, you're fired. 
We we are we don't represent business and the values of the company as we've seen has happened to a lot of people who have practiced discriminatory behavior even externally outside of the organization. So you're addressing it by going through training, which yes, training is beneficial. But what you haven't done is you've actually identified specifically what the issue specifically is in addition to that, so you can solve that specific problem. So now we've done through we've gone through training, and that's that discriminatory leader is still there. That leader is still there that no one has ever held accountable. That information flow continues to lack. And yes, we went through training. Now, maybe they're going to really make sure that that information doesn't get up. So you have to make sure that you're taking time to identify what solutions are you trying to make based off of the information and the data that you get collect. So another don't. When you're getting feedback, make sure you're getting feedback from everybody team members, employees versus just focusing on what group. Let's just get it from the leaders. Let's get the leaders to go out and ask their people what the issue is. Because what if it is that leader? You want to try to get it from everybody within the organization. And of course, you can't force people to participate in those questionnaires and that survey. But again, that's why it's so important that when you're addressing your company, your organization, your team members that are doing it, make it as genuine as possible. It might require you going down, having one-on-one conversations with every department. So you can show them how how much you really want to change the culture of the organization. But a lot of times people will just push out a training, push out, hey, take the survey. But no one is really getting to the weeds of what's going on and really touching the people to show them that you are very serious about making this change. So that is something you don't want to do. You don't want to just, again, push out things and not make sure you're touching the people. So identify the solution, address the specific solution effectively. And then when you are embedding these changes and they become long-term and it's within the culture, then as you're getting people in that have already been there, they're getting used to it. And now you're bringing people that are coming in and it's a part of the onboarding process. You onboard, we talk about it. It might be a part of the process of the um performance assessment where you're talking about values or maybe it's something, a program that you embed within the organization. Maybe it's just different initiatives that you do. So it's really making the change within the culture from beginning to end, addressing the right things effectively instead of just doing a one size fits all, boom, boom, and really making sure that just the culture shift happens. And yes, it's going to gradually happen over time. There are going to be some people who don't care about it. It does not mean that racism or discriminatory behavior or these practices won't stop. But now that you have solely fixed everything from your policy accountability process, recruitment, retention, how teams and managers and leaders are held accountable, what you will eventually see is that you have a great system in place so you can at least weed out the people who aren't serious about making sure that your company is diverse so it doesn't end up being something you that blows up you see on social media or something that blows up that affects revenue that affects engagement it affects how people support and trust you it's really important about changing the culture and the climate of your organization so people are attracted to go there and people are attracted to stay there things that i think companies get wrong uh, when it comes to dni work and just addressing some of those and, and the first one i think is tokenism uh, the idea for companies to be like oh we hired an asian person we're diverse like we solved diversity we're diverse now and just check the box and move on and i think um, this work isn't about that it's not about just doing one simple thing and check the box and be like okay cool we're good 
So I hope you guys learned a lot this week. I think it was an eye opener for me as well, especially with the ageism. You know, it kind of I learned a lot about it. I mean, of course, I've known it, known about it from the aspect of the generation of 50 plus or 45 plus. But looking at it from the aspect of 20 to 24 year olds and the extra and the struggles that they have in regards to not being taken serious. It was kind of eye-opening to actually see the statistics show that they have a high unemployment rate, which is unfortunate. So it's really important that that's the goal of this messaging for you to have an understanding, see the bigger picture of it. Although racial discrimination is the hottest one. I mean, again, when you're considering the amount of people within organizational levels that's at the executive level, not many organizations are represented effectively. And I think it's important to highlight that. But I think that this series has allowed me to be educated and I hope it allowed you to be educated as well. So what I want to focus on today is talking about really like the do's and the don'ts and the things that you shouldn't be doing. And I think it's important for us to identify again the benefits of diversity. I mean we've talked about how it's so beneficial to improve retention efforts. You're going to have more innovative ideas because you have different perspectives that are happening you're going to get more revenue because of it and more exposure. You have to realize that as we're shifting and we're seeing that the millennials are going to be pretty much taking over the workforce, are you preparing yourself? I think I don't think that a company gets into business to just do a short-term thing. I don't think that companies get into business to just do a one, you know, one-time type of event where it's pretty much, oh yeah, for the first 10 years, we're going to be popping and we're going to be great. And now as things shift, now we're going to struggle. Now we're not going to innovate. And I think innovation, it applies altogether because we're innovating in regards to diversity. We're innovating even when you see a lot of organizations starting to be aware that social media and how their how they show up online needs to be effective. And that's another thing that I highlighted, like how are you making sure that everything that you're doing highlights and shows that you are an organization that is diverse, that you're different, that you're innovative because the next generation, that's what they're looking for. Is So if you're only looking to be an organization that stops, that you know basically says, this is, we're gonna end here, then you can continue to not be innovative and see that things aren't going to move forward or you're going to see other companies going to speed ahead because they are being innovative in every area. But if you truly want to ensure that you're being innovative and you're thinking about the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it's time to be innovative. It's time to be more inclusive in every aspect of your organization from the first tier all the way to the top tier. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak Fire. Speakfire.com. Speakfire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M S A I S H A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe, turn your notifications on, and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.